pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website DePietro.com. It's Monday. A little thrown off because uh, obviously everybody, daylight savings has come to an end. And my goodness, it is so dark early. I want to. Um, Special hello to everyone that went out Saturday. North Kingstown School Committee was behind closed doors. What a disgrace. That place is totally broken. Folks, the school committees are going to be the battle, the new battleground, I believe, for uh, the elections for next year. It's local. Um, it's a much easier to see to get. Parents are very upset what's going on in the school, especially in North Kingstown. I mean, it's another level regarding everything with the coach and these uh, so-called naked fat tests that were going on. But you just can't get more pathetic than that school committee, superintendent. Uh, they hid behind closed doors for six hours on Saturday. And uh, there were protesters outside. The media was outside. They came out and would not even utter a word. They just issued a statement. Um, the place is totally broken. It's been going on for quite some time. And it's it's just, to me, it becomes a matter after a while, then people get fed up and people start to take action. Now, on the national front, President Biden's approval ratings have now plummeted to just 38%. But again, no one should be surprised. This administration uh, that is trying to do, you know, far left, as they say, this is like a Bernie Sanders far left type of agenda. Folks, this is, they're just going in the wrong direction, whether it be on covid or the things that they find are important. You never thought, look at the price of gas. The price of gas is always a good indication. But the good news is people get tired of it. People do step forward. People do step up. People then say enough of this. And that's what's going on with Biden right now. People don't like the lack of direction. Started with Afghanistan and the borders a mess. And then you have the logjam, the supply chain on the West Coast. And then the price of gas, everything just keeps getting more and more expensive. It's harder to get things, empty shelves in stores. And folks, I also think locally it's going to affect the local races because I think right now, and especially, you know, it, it, locally, Governor McKee, look at the Rhode Island State House, right? Dominated by Democrats, but they all just go along with the Biden line. So there's really inroads next year. If someone's listening right now, if you want to run for office, you start banging the Democrat Party and the Biden administration, and you have a lot of room to go. People are not happy with the way things are going. No one should be happy with the way things are going. And it's also interesting. Now, I'm going to play it coming up, but AOC uh, was commenting, see, now the left, the progressives, they're all upset about James Carville saying things are too woke. and But that's the direction they're going. You know, one thing in the Democrat Party, which I do believe, folks, there's a civil war going on. The progressives are very loud um, and, and they're, they're absolutely, they cannot compromise. They're incapable of compromising the left. But you can only push people so far. People have had it with what's going on in the schools, the agenda in the schools, critical race theory, you know, trying to introduce all these sexual topics and then you have a coach that's having these kids strip naked and he gets alone with them in a room and a lot of the uh, school committee people are knew about it and defended it um it's really horrifying what's going on but like we said last week you know you saw what happened in virginia people stepped forward said they had enough of it new jersey if that candidate in new jersey had a couple of more days a couple more days he would have pulled that out and biden won that state by 16 points so folks there is a revolt and I think now closer to home, it sir looks like Governor McKee is going to have another, t another tough week. Channel 12 is coming out. They have another investigative piece on him. It has to do with this contract. And, um, and Governor McKee, for someone that's, think of this, he just took office in March. He's already three investigations in. He's made it to November. But the think about that. His primary is going to be next September. Um one more month, you start to get into the holidays. As soon as we enter 2022, that's when the gloves are going to come off. He's going to start to get pounded. I don't know how soon before someone will actually go up in the airwaves, but just keep in mind their election is next September. So, and then a lot of people, you know, if you're running for governor, you, you don't want to wait till the last minute. 
you wait to july and august to get your message out people are on vacation people are at the beach people are not paying attention to what's going on i think it's going to be a very active spring i think next spring think of this i think next spring is when we're going to start this i believe you're going to see some of the first debates so we haven't had anything announced just yet but that's not that far off i mean i know it it does seem far off but i'm talking maybe like six months away first debate could maybe be april may and if they're going to uh, be doing that then they want to be fine-tuned i think the attacks are going to come out and i think the biden presidency is going to prove problems it's a real opportunity if you're listening right now you want to run for office you're tired of the status quo i think next year could be your year this could be the year to come in make changes and that's where um you're going to see things really kick into action so we're going to talk about that a lot more the situation in north kingstown with that coach folks it's despicable and again as people know uh, very few but there was someone cumberland resident defending this coach trying to blow off like it's no big deal it is a big deal and people are upset about it all right a lot more ahead on this monday right here on the john DePietro show it is a challenge trying to run your business today especially if you spend most of your time trying to find the right workers instead let mega professionals find them for you call them today 508-336-7801 right now are you spending a good amount of your time trying to find the right workers for your business, your company, call MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals today, 508-336-7801. If you need workers, drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, local, which is AKA sleep-at-home drivers, maybe it is drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled labor, office professionals, even in the healthcare business, you can depend on MEGA, M-E-G-A professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. How much time are you spending trying to find the right workers for your business? Let MEGA professionals find them for you. Call them right now, 508-336-7801 for MEGA professionals. Folks, you're listing to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Always listen online at the website, which is dipietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, managing editor, anchorrising.com. It is Justin Cass. Justin, I want to start off, a lot to unpack regarding this North Kingstown coach. Uh, this is a story that's kind of been bubbling. A little bit's come out here, a little bit's come out here. Something we know is definitely channel 12 has been looking at this doing quite a bit of investigating boston globe has been looking into this uh the providence journal channel six and um channel 10 are a little late to the game but they're still on it but uh folks this is the north kingstown coach that left the school back in june ends up at monsignor clark and then we're finding out uh about these naked body fat test that he was supposedly conducting where he would test the body fat of members of the basketball team and other students as well but it had to do they'd be alone with him in a room off his office within he would uh, apparently say shy or not shy if you were shy you had to keep your underwear on not shy you had to strip completely down naked with the coach uh justin very anxious a lot of different elements to this but just start off uh your reaction uh, regarding this story well, I, it's almost hard to believe. I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating as a psychological matter because you can, you can almost see how people would ignore it, cover it up, talk themselves out of, of taking action when they got it years ago. Uh, but it, it is kind of mind-blowing to think that even for decades, perhaps, no parents came forward, no teachers pushed back. And there's some suggestion that some of them, I, I think you've reported on this, uh, that some of them actually did stuff teachers would comment you know make jokes about it almost and uh, parents would figure well it's just uh just what we have to put up with it's not too bad you know he's not touching them or anything he's just getting them naked but it, it, it's just i once you see that it's wrong i think that's it's it's so clear and i i think it, it's clear all along i mean i know uh, my wife's a teacher and for years working especially with younger kids or those with special needs there's a lot of challenge because you're just not allowed to have a naked child with you and huh. you know, so it's just not something you're allowed to do it's 
it's kind of mind blowing that it's so it's it's just not clear, and, and that people would miss that. And I think that I think that puts the people involved in a huge amount of of in a, in a big vice at this point. I mean, the, the superintendent Phil Auger is kind of right in the middle of that because these these teachers, if you're told if you're told allegations of something that seems inappropriate in this way, they're required law to report these things. Uh, and so you, you know, we now hear that there was one student who told Augur in 2018 uh, and it just was allowed to drop. Um, of course, it was one interesting th item there is WPRI's reporting on that had one version of it and then was quickly edited uh, to say that Augur had just asked the student to come in and talk to other people uh, in the administration and the student didn't want to. But even so, you can't let it drop. You have to investigate. You know, there's no reason uh, a superintendent couldn't take action to, to find out whether the allegation was true. It should be possible. Go in a guy's closet and see if he's got a camera set up there like, they, like he allegedly did. I mean, that's the kind of thing you can check kind of a legal vice there. And I think the other big part of it, I think, especially on the heels of the controversy over some of the books that they're providing to students for LGBT yes. material, I think they're also in kind of a moral and an ideological vice as well, because the book in particular, Gender Queer, I mean, that's got a pi one picture in it, one of the more controversial pictures in it is of what appears to be a naked man touching what appears to be a naked boy. And so yes. right on the heels of that, and, and when they were arguing for that book, they're saying, oh, well, we need to put this out there so that you know, people who are having, kids who are having these feelings can know it's normal, there's nothing wrong with them. So they're normalizing that kind of an image at the same time that this is going on in the, in the basketball coach in the basketball coach's uh, closet. So what do you do with that? I mean, when you, when, so when you took at the legal aspect and the ideological aspect, it's really, you can understand, you know, they shouldn't be, but you can understand why the school committee and superintendent would be, would be disappearing into a locked building to have their meetings and not giving any yes. comment to the, to the protesters. Because really, you've, at this point, all what they should do is kind of throw up their hands and say, you know what, we've been on the wrong, on the wrong track here. We've got to fix it. But I, I think they're going to, they're going to drag it out and try to f figure out some way to get through this all without too much controversy. Folks, again, our segment is politics this week with me is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorising.com. Justin, to me, the, the place NK, it, it's just so broken simply because anyone who's a parent or your wife's a teacher, I've gotten a phone call from, you know, Mr. DePietro, this is the school nurse. Your daughter's here. She seems to have a headache. Can I have your permission to give her Tylenol? Um, they have to get teachers have to get a parental slip to show high school students a PG-13 movie or an R-rated film. I think what was so to me that shows just how, and think of all the effort they put into, you know, they got rid of the father-daughter dance. Uh, you know, Cranston got rid of the prayer banner. It was such a stress on bullying. Um, they go out of their way. And then in the backdrop of, of this, you know, they have uh, apparently and, and from what I understand, the coach, he's not cooperating, but he wouldn't even deny it. Instead, they were just trying to say he would, in fact, do the tests on their groin and their scrotum and between their thighs. And there they are naked. And Justin, to me, what, what really just stuck out to me as someone that was there on Saturday, you have this apparently a very progressive member of the school committee. And she's standing outside. Keep in mind, they were outside. But she has on a Black Lives Matter mask. Like Black Lives Matter, you're allowing young boys and you they knew about it to go in and be apparently alone and naked with this coach. Like it's so beyond the bounds. And Justin, I'm also curious your thoughts. You know, in Providence, when they had that allegation, or you had the the school administrator that uh, remember he was in the supposedly in the gym in Warwick and got arrested and would say, Hey, what kind of sneakers are those? and take off the kid's sock and start to rub his thigh and so forth. Harrison Peters, the school superintendent of Providence, he lost his job, even though there was no allegation that that man was doing that in Providence. Is there some kind of double standard that as long as it's a bunch of white kids, apparently, mostly in uh, in NK, that it's it's OK? But like, how dare they step forward that they're so woke and these are the issues that are important to us and gender queer and Black Lives Matter? And, and behind closed doors, you're allowing this going on at your school. 
Yeah, well, the, I mean, it is as as you you know you describe what he was doing. It occurred to me that one point that's not being emphasized is it's not like this was the school nurse doing this stuff, right? right? I mean, this no. is the, there's there's no the basket a basketball coach does not need to know your body no. fat. I mean, right. it just there's if you if you want to test for fitness, come up with tests yeah. for fitness. You sure. know, your percentage body fat is none of his business, really, particularly in your private area. You may have very but um, the the uh, I think th to me the double standard versus and it, it's really interesting how you you know connected to Providence there the real double standard is who has the power and who is whose friend and That's how is right. that uh, so in Providence the the union and the establishment of the Providence schools who want to maintain the terrible job that they're doing and not not have be accountable for that it was convenient for them to make an issue of that and try to see how far up the ladder they could go driving people out of office it stopped before it got to the education commissioner but uh that's what they were shooting for with that story so they played they made it a big deal they i mean it wasn't a small deal but they made it seem like this huge thing and everybody should have known and it never should have happened whereas this you know you've got i don't know if it's white black but you've got the you've got a basketball coach who's He's in with all the, you know, the Rhode Island establishment. He's having success in the school district. Uh, you know, nobody wants to find anything wrong with that. Now, if he had been, I don't know, say a, a conservative Republican supporting, you know, supporting, you know, uh, Joe Trillo or something, just to pull a name out of the hat, I think you'd, you would have seen quite a different treatment of him. And I think it really comes down to it's all of this stuff all the claims about me too i mean we see that with with biden getting a pass from me too um or andrew cuomo for that matter uh me, me too black lives matter all this stuff uh it's not genuine it's it's all an excuse it's all a way to trip people up when they're politically disfavored and i so i think what, we're, what you're identifying there and um, before we take a break, I also just want to stress to people, for instance, I, I do know the only instance I've heard of the testing of the body fat is is for a school wrestling team. And even then, because that's where you have a weight class, right? You have somebody wrestles at 98 pounds, 105 pounds. But even then, from what I understand, they brought in an outside company. No one was naked and, and they were just testing them. But Justin, about this, as someone that I mean, I've coached youth sports, I've coached both boys and girls. You take a class, they bet you out. And some of the things they talk about for the protection, by the way, of the coach is make sure you're never alone with a child. Uh, the child, you know, doesn't feel well. Get a parent to go along, you know, if they have to use the bathroom. It's to done to protect the coach in case someone ever says, you know, something was said or the coach touched me inappropriately. You want to do this to protect yourself. What, this this is really beyond the pale, and you're exactly right. There was no reason for a basketball coach to be, you know, testing. If anything, basketball the kids tend to be on the thin side, so it, it really wouldn't be an issue. But to think that this was going on, it was it was just kind of seen as that's just the way it is. And I've also heard the union stepped in and protect him and wouldn't even let them fire him. But that will uh, still um, we'll still get more information on that, folks. Quick break. A lot more. Justin Katz, politics this week, right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, MEGA, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Whether it's commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, also Rhode Island State Inspection Station, Trailer, pickup and delivery. Listen, you're trying to run your business. You need MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. Trailer, pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. You need it fixed you need, need it fixed in a hurry, and you need it fixed right. Call MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair today. Remember, free estimates, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, and if it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. We're speaking with Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Folks, our segment is Politics This Week. Justin, I want to stay with North Kingstown just for a moment, because uh, Saturday, as I was there, uh, the school committee had an emergency meeting behind closed doors. By the way, they just totally pathetic. That superintendent 
those people should not be there. You, you can't use these as situations to hide behind lawyers. But something that kept coming out um, had to do with a member of the media. And I want to address this. Now, I know what it's like to be on the radio and defending or you take a position where you're going to defend an unpopular person. I've done that. You know, I used to defend Governor Don Kachiri, and you'd get people that were against the governor. Obviously, if you're a Trump supporter, you'd get the people there. But WPRO's Dan York took this to another level where he was mocking it. He's friends with the coach. He has stated that. Uh, this went on for three hours on Thursday. I didn't get tipped off to the end of it. And then he did another three hours on Friday. But what was interesting that people were talking about it was Saturday – you had people there, parents, and then there were people whose sons went through this calling in, and they wouldn't allow them to go on the air. And one of the women I interviewed, she's a teacher. She's a North Kingstown resident, and they cut her off. Um, it, it was pretty remarkable because most of the time, as someone that does that, you'd want to hear from people in the community. You'd want to hear from a parent, or apparently there were victims that were going to call in. It was um, I, I don't know what's going to come up, come up, it, but this was two days afternoon drive. The quote station of record insisting on this narrative that it was all fun and games. York defended the guy, mocked the whole thing, said he would have laughed about it. Um, I, I just I'm trying to think I, I'm, I'm now granted it wasn't covered by the other media, although they all knew about it. But to me, again, I think it's almost a double standard that. If that had been, say, you know, like a Justin Price or a Republican at the State House, I, I think they would have been having, you know, torches and it would have been a huge story that, uh, you know, someone stepped forward to defend this coach. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't hear any of that on the radio. Um, I don't listen much. But the I, my, my general sense is WPRO is, has kind of made the decision to be much more of an insider um, organization, a mainstream kind of right. network and so the, i mean I, I know people i'm associated with and myself haven't been on for a long long time uh asked to be on often pushed on we saw tara granahan's treatment of nicole solis i mean it's just it's just kind right. of the direction they're going and the i mean the, some of the excuses i mean I, you know i think back to the movies from the 80s that were mainly making fun of things that happened in the 60s 50s 60s and 70s where there would be things you know naked stuff in the the locker rooms, that kind of stuff. I mean, that was, even when I was a kid, that was long ago. You don't, you're just not allowed to do that kind of stuff anymore. If you ever could, I don't know how much of that was fictionalized. It seems so clear. And as far as letting people on, I mean, and it's that even let alone you trying to get both sides of the stories. That's just what makes radio interesting, right? When people are disagreeing and fighting and arguing and, yes. and that's, I mean, yeah, not the only way to do it, but that's that's what you want. I mean, yes. the idea that you wouldn't let people on if that if that was the case, I it just just it really doesn't seem seem right to me. And but I you know I've had some experiences with that with, with his program before in the past as well, so I I'm not surprised if that's the case. Now, Justin Katz, uh, I, again, I want to refer to DePetro.com. Um, it's not a major story, but it's one of those things I wonder about. Uh, each day, I get an email from the key people, and they put out the governor's schedule. But what I found interesting, and I want your thought on it, in fairness, it, I posted over the weekend. I've not had a chance to talk to them. But the governor will say, you know, he's going to be at this school and he's promoting the vaccine. And then he's going to be here, you know, breaking ground or cutting a ribbon and so forth. But on, on Sunday, Halloween, they posted that the governor had no public schedule. But then I found out that last Sunday, Halloween, he was in the parking lot of the Teamsters Apparently, they had a 10 o'clock Sunday morning meeting, and he was the guest speaker. Now, I can understand, you know, the governor doesn't want to post that he has a fundraiser at someone's home or at a restaurant. But I'm just curious your thought. This is supposed to be, you know, they're putting out the governor's public schedule. Well, if you're the media, if you did want to catch up to him, I'll even go along. They say you can't go into the event, even though they're outside of the parking lot. But then at least there's availability catching me either coming in from the event or going out. We don't know where he went after that. I'm curious your thought. They're a special interest group, uh, the Teamsters. This isn't anything private. This isn't a high level. This isn't a meeting in his office. He's going out somewhere to be the guest speaker as the governor of Rhode Island. I'm curious your thought. Does the public have a right to know that he's going out and he's being the featured speaker somewhere? Well, you know, I, I, 
I don't know about a right as in we ought to have a law that his, his he has to have a minute. Right. Minute. I don't mean but, that. But, but I do think there's I, I, I think you err on the side of transparency. Why not? I mean, there's, there should be no reason if you're the speaker. It wasn't even like it was a private meeting with the Teamsters. It was, it was, they were advertising to their members that the governor yeah. was going to be there for their meeting. So you should come. But even apart from allowing availability, it just seems to me like a good policy just on a daily basis. Here's who the governor's meeting with. Now, there should be exceptions, of course, if he's meeting with, you know, I don't know anti terrorist people who are doing the investigation. Right. You know, but local local special interest groups like a labor union yeah i i, I agree i mean so i i mean it, it wasn't the, the biggest transgression but it, among all the other kind of slip-ups he's had over the past year it does seem maybe it's the time to kick things into gear and be super transparent here's where i am here's who i'm talking to whenever it's at all possible to do so i think that's just good kind of government hygiene in a way yes and and i also think i come back to uh, he wasn't there just as Dan McKee. They had him because he's the governor of the state. So he's there in his official capacity role. Uh, I'd be curious to know if he was, for instance, a guest speaker at a cannabis meeting or maybe a gambling meeting or if there was some other special interest group that are trying to get their things across. Again, it's different than a fundraiser. I'm not saying the media you know, should be allowed to go in there, but I find it a little odd that they uh, left that off. Now, also, Justin Katz, the third quarter fundraising totals came out in the second quarter, which was May, June, July. Um, Governor McKee had a, a, a very robust uh, fundraising over three over one hundred thousand a month. I think he came out at three thirty and then August, September, October's third quarter. So there you have where he had the first the controversy with Tony Silva. Then he had the controversy with the contract. And then plus he's had some problems with the frontline workers. I'm curious your thoughts. In that third quarter, basically his fundraising fell in half, and suddenly he was at 145, uh, tied with Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea, where I, I think that's pretty dramatic, where his fundraising basically was cut in half from the second quarter. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been, at least that I've seen, hugely visible, whereas no. he's the governor of the state. So if if he's benchmarked to her on, on fundraising, that's not a good sign for his prospects. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of in some ways mystified and surprised at, at the way McKee's handled everything. I mean, you think he's done some stuff. He's kowtowed to, say, the teachers unions in ways I find really objectionable. And, but you can almost say, well, he's trying to get reelected. He can't have any enemies time he he's he's under investigation as we've discussed multiple times his, or people he's been associated with and their actions under him are under investigation so he, it's not as if he got into office said okay here's the deal everybody we're going to be we're going to be squeaky clean we're going to be uh, do nothing and so you can start to see where uh, donors may be wondering questioning whether he can be reelected and also questioning what the value of of electing him might be and i'm starting to think you know i was kind of uh, for years i've sort of i've been very comfortable with the idea of the republicans not fielding gubernatorial candidates because why bother you know focus where you can possibly have a chance uh but i'm starting to think it's soften on of a gop competitor because that yes. part of the field is wide open mckee yep. is is losing his ability to appeal to let alone conservatives but even to moderate good government types and so there's a real opening there and especially after the the last elections in virginia and new jersey where in south jersey you had a republican truck driver who now famously that's right at, that, at this moment appears to have beaten the senate president uh, in Take New Jersey and the truck the truck driver spent what was it 153 maybe it was that's right I mean that's that's the kind of environment we're in and so McKee really picked the wrong strategy and hasn't executed it well and I think that's what you see in the fundraising it's but it's kind of I'm, disturbing I'm, that $150,000 is kind of the baseline you can expect no matter how badly true. you do as governor <laughs> Yeah, but uh, Justin, before we take a break, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I view it the same way. And let's face it, to me, he is a Biden type of Democrat. He's not a progressive. He's kind of a Biden Democrat. I think also being in office now actually kind of hurts him because it seems to be like, you know, it's going to hurt the incumbents that are in office. McAuliffe was prior to the governor of Virginia, who's almost kind of seen as the incumbent and New Jersey definitely was. But and Biden's approval ratings are now below 40 percent. So I, I think you're right. I think the 
the planets could be aligning for a, uh, a complete lean for Republican, the challenger. It shouldn't be underestimated. President Trump got 200,000 votes in Rhode Island. Gina Raimondo was elected governor uh, of Rhode Island in 2018 with 199,000 votes. So I think the worst that Biden does, and, and, and when I'm at these press briefings, he still will mention, you know, the Biden presidency. You think that the guy has like a 75 percent approval rating. They almost seem oblivious to the fact that he's mentioning someone who is not popular right now at all. Folks, another quick break, a lot more politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. It's fall very soon. The heating season will be here. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier, Infinity System, J.K.L. Energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency Infinity heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market. They also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, carrier factory authorized dealer, licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 55 years. JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved National Grid VPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. Engineering today at 401-351-7600. They do it right. They do it right the first time. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, uh, I, I don't blame the health frontline workers that have lost their jobs since October 1st on the mandate. I don't blame them for being upset that at the state hospitals, it, it's not their imagination. It's a double standard. There are non-vaccinated people working at the state hospitals and they keep missing deadlines. But uh, the only thing I can attribute it to is the unions are that much more powerful. The state workers, uh, Governor McKee doesn't want to go against them. But this business at an Ellen Slater Hospital, there are still unvaccinated workers there. That That is, no matter how they try to spin it, that's a complete double standard than what's been going on with the frontline workers. No, absolutely. And I, one of the things I was going to say in the, the prior topic was, McKee, it's not, let alone McKee being incumbent, but he's not even doing a very good job at it. If he could right. be, if he were, if he were competent and gaining trust among people, that would be great. That would be a way to avoid the fate of, say, McAuliffe in Virginia. But he... And I think that video, the video, I think you captured some of it and other people had other angles of uh, Paul Rihanna from the of the one of the people who's protesting losing his job over yes. the, the vaccine mandate caught uh, in at a, an event, a PR event, and basically said, why are you letting uh, yep. state hospital workers keep working when you forced us out of our jobs? And McKee had no answer. And it was just such a, I mean, it was just so it was almost like he walked away because he just, I can't think of anything to say. <laughs> and that's yep. not a good sign. That's a sign that he does, he's not doing things. And he actually said to Paul Rihanna something to the effect of, well, you know, your employers wanted us to do that. Well, yeah, you're the governor, you're supposed to be a leader. Uh, so I think the problem they're in now and I, I see this, it blows my mind. I wrote about this on Anchor Rising. The, it blows my mind that they're threatening Eleanor Slater hospitals with fines and to forbid them from performing non-emergency surgeries by which to yep. you know, keep, pay their bills and keep their sales profitable. Uh, they're, they're threatening that over, I, I, I don't know the number of Eleanor Slater, but it, landmark, it's 21 employees out of 1,200 who are not vaccinated. That's just, it's mind blowing the kind of the bureaucratic tyranny of that. And I think they're in a corner, almost like the folks down school uh, department are, they're in a corner because they overreacted. They, they didn't react properly. They caused all kinds of damage due to COVID and they don't know how to get out of it. And 
they have to, once they decided it was a crackdown, 0% COVID kind of a solution, they have to stick by that. And they, people just can't accommodate it. You, they, there's a nursing shortage. There's a problem with challenges in healthcare as it is. And you're going to threaten close, to close down hospitals except for emergency services. It's just, it's mind blowing. So they get in a situation where they have to accommodate them. You can't close down a hospital, no matter what you threaten. And so who, who gets hurt? Are these some of the frontline workers who, who unionized or not, they, they were expendable from the point of view of the government. And that's where you really start to get into the, a problem with, with people having any trust in government. Because what, what you see is if they let the hospitals off, if they say, okay, those 21 don't have to get vaccinated, the whole thing starts to crumble. Well, if they don't have to, why did we have to? And if we didn't have to, then why did we have the lockdowns in the first place? And I think that's the, that's the real political and sort of messaging problem that a lot more than McKee have right now. I think it's a, a government-wide problem we're facing. Folks, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz. Now, Justin, you and I, we enjoy talking about the media. In the next topic, he's someone that's not He's known to people like us, a little bit of an insider, not really known to the general public, but he does go to the press briefings. And also he's on some show on Channel 36, I think. But is, he's a pod, he does podcasts, uh, not that many. And I don't know how I haven't seen anything like come out of it that really rockets or anything like that. Uh, nice enough guy. And I'm not trying to say like that, but his name is Bill Bartholomew. And he tweeted out something that then I noticed that you were kind of going back and forth. And I just jumped into a lot of times I like to just clarify exactly what they're saying, but basically posted something about Marjorie Taylor Greene went to the prison where a number of the January 6 people are being held. And I guess each night they sing the national anthem at nine o'clock, but he suddenly compared Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's the rep in Georgia, who, by the way, is wildly popular. I was in Connecticut two weeks ago. She attracted 3000 people there. Uh, I actually met her in D.C. when I was down at the end of September. She is a fundraising, unbelievable killer. She she was only number two. She was number two in the party to Kevin McCarthy, the speaker to be. In the first quarter, he raised three point four million. Her first quarter fundraising, she raised three point two million, even though they kicked her off every committee. But Bill Bartholomew compared her to. Uh, I guess he grew up in Westerly, somebody that used to throw the ball at his face in dodgeball, um, something like less than a human, and then also said someone like that would make fun of him for wearing pink to school. And I want to talk about it. You you took exception with that. A strain of a human being is, I think, the phrase. But yeah. take me uh, take me through a little bit your thoughts on on uh, going after that, because I thought you were right on the money. Well, I mean, the the first thing I, I asked him about, because I just I didn't get the connection. I mean, even, yeah. if, you, even if you don't, even if you don't, if, even if you do believe that it was an insurrection and these people are not political prisoners, even if you believe all that, I just don't get the how do you get from we're in jail singing the national anthem to these are creepy people who make you feel like you've seen a snake. I mean, I just don't I, I just didn't I still don't quite understand it. There's just something visceral and just down deep that they they really i would think that them singing the national anthem would be a an opportunity for common ground like hey you folks are singing the national anthem i love the national anthem you know let's see why we're in this this divisive situation but that's not that's not how he took it and i i did I, was trying to explore that a bit and to understand because then he started because he's kind of a, a rock and roll guy rebellious i mean you, you've seen the pictures where he i think he went on to go local show with pink suspenders and his hair <laughs> up in a weird, in a weird way. you know and, and fine you know people want to be unique and interesting that that's great uh, but it just seemed so i don't know it, you would think that that somebody like that would be like yeah go rebels you know go storm the capital you know instead it's no they're anti-revolutionary no you just disagree with them but what really concerns me is and i, I think you, you put the finger your finger on it, it he called it a strain of human i yes. mean it's just that's like something out of a sci-fi it is thing and then you know he gets chills like he encounters a snake you know and flashes he, back to when he was bullied as a as as you know as a ch child i would imagine i mean you're playing dodgeball and so forth but now she has that reaction like i find that interesting that uh, i thought we we're supposed to be it's the year of the woman and celebrating and here she is this newcomer that's come up and no experience and runs for congress and she's giving him that type of 
reaction. I, I tweeted at him. I think you should do full disclosure when you're talking about Republican stories that they, you know, whenever you're talking about a Republican, you have flashbacks to being bullied for wearing pink to play dodgeball. Like, I just found that. Like, where did that come from? Yeah, and I, I starts to, I mean, I don't want to extrapolate too much, but you really, the emotional reaction of it and how it so quickly becomes married to a political an ideological point of view, I, I think really does kind of point to where we, we are. And a lot of the, the ideas and approaches of the left, you know, now that we've got millennials and younger who are all woke and, and all that and cancel culture, it really starts to show you, I mean, this is, you know, you, you look at history and how terrible things have happened. And I've always wondered, how could, how could Germany or wherever, how could or right. Russia, uh, the USSR, how could that, how could people possibly go to that? I think we're really starting to see it. Once you start there, once you start thinking in terms of a strain of human uh, yep. and you, you can't see, these people, I mean, th- these folks in, who are in there, they're judges calling out the prison saying you are treating these people. I mean, most of them are for, for basically trespassing on a public right. building that should, would normally have been open except for COVID. I mean, that's that you, if you can't start to see the red flags of that because you've dehumanized them, that is the path to some really, really dangerous places. And I, it's, it's just kind of disappointing. I, I used to listen to his podcast all the time and I, I stopped because he never had on anybody who he disagreed with. There was just, no, huh. and I thought, here's this young up and coming rock and roll, you know, podcaster. Uh, so, you know, trying to do what some of us a couple decades ago. And he, uh, but he, he just never, it, I think that's changed. We used to kind of have camaraderie, you know, we're all free speech type people. Let's argue online. And it, that's just gone. And I, I think that's, you start to see that dehumanization. That's a real, real big red flag. And not only that, but if you a um, couple things, number one, if that's how you view, I can only imagine that if he sees the Trump rally, it must be boy. There's first of all, I don't know how he equates that the, the kids that bullied him growing up in Westerly because he wore a pink shirt to play dodgeball, how he knew they were Republican. That Westerly's not the biggest Republican area. Those could have been Democrats doing that. But I was going to say how he must view that a Trump rally to him must be those are all kids that were like the bullies to me in school. Now, Justin, but you pick up on an interesting point because you also wrote, I believe there's a state senator, and, and that's how the Nazis were able to uh, get away with the atrocities was they convinced, you know, the soldiers uh, of the that that they that the Jews were less than human, subhuman in some way. That's that's how you started. And I believe you wrote there was a state senator that referred to President Trump as it, as it and its family wouldn't use a name uh, again, again, the phrasing of like less than human, subhuman, uh, as much as people may. Th- these are all like far left people that are that are using this jargon. Yeah, well, in this case, I mean, Bartholomew is a, a podcaster, but this was a state senator, Kendra Anderson. Yes. In a public office. And wow. so you can you can try to you know downplay the wackiness of it, but she's she's in a public office and it's impossible to believe that if, if a different party, I mean, if a Republican goes to a meeting and doesn't want to wear a mask, that becomes big news. Uh, Price right. went Representative Price went to the rally that on January 6th. He didn't go to the Capitol, but he went to the rally. That was big news. And he ought to be fired and kicked out. But here you've got a state senator and it wasn't just, you know, a a passing. I mean, I'll admit I'm I'm reluctant to use the phrase President Biden. I'll admit I do that. But uh, it was it was just this this really it it's family, this thing. I mean, it was just so aggressive and like sneering. You could almost see the spit coming out of her face. She was making a reasonable point, which was let's stop talking about Donald Trump and move on to progressive policies, which I'm, I'm happy with them doing because I think they'll lose on that, too. But the uh, just a, you, just a, the real dehumanization of it. And you could say, oh, yeah, it's Donald Trump. He's a celebrity. He's a billionaire, whatever. But it doesn't just stop with a Donald Trump figure. I mean, that, the guy who's somebody like you or me who's prominent who might support Donald Trump or some just some regular schmo who supports Donald Trump. They all become it's. And so it's really, I don't know, wow. I would say it's, it's incumbent on other Democrats and the news media to, to say, OK, you're a you're an elected official in our state government. You need is this appropriate? And to ask others to ask a hey, Senate President Ruggiero, is this is this appropriate language right. for a Senate be to be using a based on people but they, they the fact that they don't 
do that is almost the the most the most frightening thing of all. They just kind of well, let's maybe that's not wasn't nice to say, but let's it's Donald Trump. Let's put it under the carpet. And I, I mean, when you the theme of this this call, like it seems to be a lot of people shoving stuff under the carpet because it's not convenient politically to deal with it. And I think I, I think we start to head toward a very a very dangerous path when we're when we're doing that. Folks, again, uh, he is the managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Our segment is Politics This Week. He's Justin Katz. Justin, great job as always. Uh, stay safe, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. Great to talk to you. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident? Someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401 401- 272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body. 401-272-3340. 401-272-3340. West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, Call West Fountain today. Get it repaired. 401-272-3340. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Well, all fall, we have been bringing attention to, drawing your attention to. It has been a crisis with adult men, men over 50, that uh, have felt they've had no options, folks, and have taken their own life. And that's why we've been encouraging people to sign on, mantherapy.org to the website and take the they call it a, a head check and someone who's been instrumental in drawing attention to it and uh, been on with us this fall is our friend dr rob harrison and dr rob i have heard from uh, so many different individuals that have said that it's the first time they've ever heard two people and i would mean that would be you and i talk so openly about something that affects people it's something that in the past people have considered almost a, a taboo subject but it's one of those things by talking about it, by people seeking health, logging on mantherapy.org, it could actually save lives. Absolutely, John. Uh, you know, it is a difficult subject to talk about, but it's something that really has to be done. The more we, uh, more information we get about uh, suicide and, and mental health problems, and the more we talk about it, the less stigma is going to be around it. And uh, we're much more likely to get people help they need. Um, Right now, the average time between the time an adult realizes that they have a mental health problem and they get help is about 10 years. So that's 10 years of suffering uh, instead of getting help. We've got to, we've got to just uh, decrease that. We've got to help people a lot sooner um, because a lot of those people do end up taking their lives because they don't have any help. Dr. Rob, what would you say to family member, spouse who noticed there's a, a change in behavior? seemingly the you know person is as i would say slipping more into a hole i can't in a sense reach them um how would you how would you maybe advise the family the spouse the co-worker the the friend the the parent well i, I think the first thing you should do is, is express your concern and your caring for them um that expression uh, goes a long way in helping somebody to open up and realize that there's hope because other people care about them. Um, the other thing that's really beneficial is to have some training. Uh, there are some free trainings uh, in, in area. Uh, one is called Mental Health First Aid, which teaches adults how to recognize that someone may be struggling with a mental health problem. Depression is by far the most common, but uh, there's an action plan associated with that training. Uh, it, it takes about uh, six hours to do the training. It, it's free in a lot of the areas, especially in the southern part of the state. Um, but that training really helps you to uh, to figure out an, at an earlier stage that somebody may be struggling with something. Um, 
then the other part is what I call the waterfall when people are, are really thinking seriously about taking their own life. Uh, the training for that that really works is QPR, which stands for question, persuade, and refer. And that helps any adult to recognize that a young that a person of, of any age might be thinking of suicide, ask a question directly, persuade them to let you help them get some help, and then refer them appropriately. Um, as I said before, we don't want people, everybody going to the emergency room. Not everybody needs to be there, and it, um, the care right now is not great in most emergency rooms for mental health care. So um, we were trying to get people uh, identified as early as possible. We know that the sooner we identify these problems, the, the better chance we'll have to be of success. But the other thing people need to be given is hope. They need to know that 90% of people with mental health problems can be helped. Uh, it's about the same as for physical problems, actually. So we need to really uh, get the knowledge, the word out there that um, the help is available. It may take a while. And while you're waiting to get an appointment, going to the, the websites are really great. And Man Therapy is a, is a great one. Um, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention also has a lot of good uh, online resources. Um, so they're, while you're waiting for an appointment, doing something online can be very helpful. But the other thing you can do is just keep checking in with people. What they call carrying contacts, give them a call or send them a postcard. Not expecting to reply necessarily, but just to let them know that you're thinking about them and you care about them. Uh, studies have shown that carrying contacts really make a big difference in saving people's lives. Folks, again, we're speaking with Dr. Rob Harrison. And Dr. Rob, uh, you have the holidays coming up. You have the continued stress due to the pandemic and everything that's going on right now. Uh, but there is a way that people can, as you said, reach out, get help. It starts by logging on at mantherapy.org. Folks, we're going to continue our conversations with Dr. Rob Harrison. Dr. Rob, great job. as MEGA Logistics, M-E-G-A. Call them today, 401 401- 431-2300, MEGA Logistics. Everything you need to run your business efficiently. Whether you have freight, freight, goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight, supply chain management, routing, or maybe it's bill auditing, customer developing, a proven track record with Fortune 500 companies, you can depend on MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. You have enough, enough challenges trying to run your business. Let MEGA Logistics help you do that. Call them today, 401-431-2300, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Again, if you have freight, Freight, goods, warehousing, transportation, third-party brokerage. You can depend on MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300 for MEGA Logistics. J. Perry Paving always provides high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Over 20 years' experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, general masonry projects. Give them a call today. Free estimate, 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. A licensed and insured contracting company. Hey, they'll meet their clients' needs no matter how big or how small, whether it's a brand-new paving project or maybe just a cracked driveway. That needs to be refreshed. Reach out to J. Perry Paving. Get a free quote. And remember, no one's better for veterans, two veterans, than J. Perry Paving. If you are a veteran or related to one, have them give them a call. They may do their driveway for them. 401-732-1730. Find them on Facebook. And then the website is letter J, jperrypaving.com. 